wasn't where I thought we'd meet Outside of a dorm room on Franklin Street With tears in my eyes in the driver's seat That's just the place God came for me It was a still small voice on a Tuesday night Like you were right there with me on the passenger side
Welcome. Thank you guys for all being here as we celebrate the life of Marge. I know that Marge was a big part of this family, and she played so many roles, was such an encouragement to so many, and there's a lot of grief and sorrow and heartache. Um, it's hard when you lose a member, and um, hard to, when you lose... When you lose a finger, hard to grip things. She was a vital part of this body, and as we will miss her here, we rejoice in the hope of Jesus and eternal life that we will see her again, that we will rejoice with her, and that we would be in Jesus' glory and in worship with her. She's, I bet she is just so joyful serving the Lord, filling all those shoe boxes for, the, for all of the kids. And we, as we do um, celebrate the life, I'd like to open in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of life and, and what a beautiful thing it is. We thank you, God, that you are the giver of good things. Lord, we thank you for the life of Marge and, and for using her for your kingdom work and for the, um, the example that she set with her faith and the encouragement she gave to so many. We thank you for um, Jesus. We thank you for how uh, you used her for your kingdom, but Lord, that we have the hope in Jesus and the forgiveness of sins to have eternal life and to see her again. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, and we thank you that as we are, there's a big piece of, of our heart missing, Lord, that you are the one who brings peace and comfort, a peace that surpasses all knowledge. And so, Lord, as we, as we celebrate the life of Marge, we just pray that you would be with um, all of us, that you'd be with Dan, that you would be with her family, that you would give the peace, the comfort, and that you would provide every need that they have. And Lord, I pray for all of her family here and all of her friends that, that knew her, that you, would, uh, that you would just give them that hope, that joy, knowing that she is perfected and in your presence and worshiping you. So Lord, as we set our focus on you, um, today, in the celebration, we just ask that you would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.
Just one glimpse of Him in glory will 
is right now singing and shouting the victory. Amen? She's with the Lord. I'd like to share some of the um, scriptures that Marge uh, picked. She took some time and uh, shared with Pastor Richard um, her favorite scriptures and the scriptures that she would like shared at this time. So I'd like to read them for you. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In John 14, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may be there where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. In the book of Joshua, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have not, not I commanded you to be strong and to be courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I need to pause for a moment and just say that in the last days, weeks, and months, Marge truly lived out that passage of Scripture. The courage that she had and the peace that she had and just, it was amazing, her spirit and her testimony. And, you know, I believe that verses like this and the scriptures that she asked us to share today would be an encouragement to you that in your darkest times, in your most difficult times, that you can be strong, that you can be courageous because you know that the Lord is with you. And she truly did live that out. She demonstrated that in her final moments. Psalm 23, the Psalm of David the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refresheth my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And again, Marge demonstrated that. She lived that out. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. They looked unto him and were enlightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel Lord encamps round about those that fear him and delivered them. Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? And the earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. Listen to these words. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In Revelation chapter 14. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. We are celebrating the life of Marge today, but we're also celebrating something far more precious, and that is eternal life, that she is with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and she is comforted. And you know, even in her final moments, the comfort of the Scriptures, the comfort of the Holy Spirit was so evident in her life. The peace that she had, the courage that she had, could only come from the Lord. And we are, so, we are just so grateful that we had an opportunity to, to know such a wonderful woman. The book of Proverbs, it says a virtuous woman, you know, they're hard to find. And I would just say to you that if you, those of you that know Marge, she was what the Bible calls a virtuous woman. Amen. So glad to see you this afternoon. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to, to remember and to celebrate and, and uh, to rejoice in, in who Marge is. And, and I'm, I'm trying to use pa uh, present tense most of the time because while Marge is gone from us physically, she is more alive right now than she has ever been on this earth. Um, I was talking with, with Dan, her husband, uh, last night, and uh, I said, you're going to make it to the service uh, today, aren't you? Or tomorrow, aren't you? And he says, you bet I'll be there. If not, Marge, you get me with a thunderbolt. <laughs> and and uh, I'm sure he's encouraged to have you here uh, with him in this time of, uh, of celebration, a celebration of Marge, but also celebration of her Savior, Jesus Christ. Marge had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. Uh, she, she grew up going to church. She grew up um, never not knowing Jesus as far as about him. And as a child, she received him as her personal savior. Many of you have been her friends for years. And, and you've seen her faith, like Joe was talking about. You've experienced God's love working through her. And there's no doubt 
as, as we remember her, uh, there's no doubt that she loved the Lord Jesus Christ with her whole heart, and she served him because of that. And I think the word servant probably describes her very well. She was not a out front um, wanting to get the attention type of person. She was much more comfortable working behind the scenes and encouraging and serving her Lord that way. Uh, I've been blessed to spend a, a good bit of time with her over the last six months, particularly as she was battling cancer, visiting the hospital, seeing her at home, and uh, texting and talking with her on the phone. We would uh, almost every morning uh, text each other. I didn't call her a whole lot because I never knew who was there visiting and, and what was going on, but we texted early in the morning and would share scriptures back and forth. And a lot of those verses that you uh, heard Pastor Joe read were ones that we shared together. And uh, she encouraged me, I'm sure, much more than I encouraged her. As her uh, cancer progressed and her prognosis became clearer, uh, we talked quite a bit about her impending, uh, I'm not going to say her impending death, her impending graduation uh, from this earth into heaven, the presence of her Lord. And uh, she wasn't fearful, although she was concerned about Dan and Gloria, her, her husband and her daughter, uh, not so much worried about them, but concerned about leaving them and how they would survive without her. <laughs> she did so much for them. Marge wasn't, like I said, wasn't one to draw her attention to herself. But at, and at first, she didn't even want to have a service. Do you believe that? Uh, if you know her, you believe that. She didn't want to draw attention to her. But as we talked more and more about it, I, I helped her understand that it wasn't so much for her, it was for us to be able to have some closure, to be able to celebrate her, and to be able to rejoice in what God has done in our lives through her. And with that kind of a context, she agreed and said, okay, but keep it simple. <laughs> That's Marge, right? She said, keep it simple and keep it focused on God. When I asked her if she had a favorite scripture, here's one of the, the, the privileges that Mar Marge had, if you maybe hadn't thought about that. If you knew that you were going to be dying within the next several weeks or months, and there was no physical hope for your survival uh, on this earth, it would, a lot of people would be moping about saying, oh, no, woe is me type of thing. For Marge, it was different. And as we talked, she gradually uh, gained the perspective of what a privilege it is to know that that's coming soon and to be able to prepare for it and prepare those you love for that event. And in, in talking about that and doing that, uh, I, I put together a, a rough outline for the service using some of the scriptures that we had shared. And I sat down with her and we went through the whole thing. And so she basically helped plan what we're experiencing today. What a joy. That would be, wouldn't it, to be able to, to have a hand in sharing the gospel even after you're dead? So I asked her, do you have a favorite scripture? And the first one that came to her mind was in John 14. She says, I like that one that talks about my mansions in heaven. <laughs> that was one that she loved the most. And she also, the first hymn that she mentioned was the first one we sang in the garden because it, it talked to her about her relationship with the Lord and how close she felt to him, especially in these last days. So she was looking forward to enjoying walking with him and talking with him and especially decorating her mansion. We're going to spend just a few minutes talking about Marge's mansion and what she was looking forward to. 
Uh, John chapter 14, we read it together, but let me read it again to you. This is uh, just before Jesus' death. So that's the same context for Marge. And he was with his disciples, and he was telling them what was coming, and they were troubled. They were really worried. They said, no, this can't happen. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And that word believe, I think, is better rendered trust. You trust God, trust me too. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. You know the way. Well, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what was Marge looking forward to? She was looking forward to uh, a place in heaven that was prepared just for her. That's the personality of Jesus and how personal he was as he wrote that or said that. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place, not just generally, but a place for you. And for those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, who've placed our, our faith in God through him, uh, we have a guarantee that, that Jesus, uh, the greatest interior director, uh, decorator and architect, <laughs> is actually preparing a place individually tailored for you and me. He knew Marge intimately. He, he knows her. He knows uh, who she is, what she likes. She knows, he knows everything about her. And he had an intimate relationship with her. And he designed a dwelling place for her in heaven. Can you imagine what she's going to be like when she sees that and opens the door and walks in? Wow. I can't, I can't imagine that. It's a place prepared just for her. But even more than that, as you look through that scripture, he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. It's not just a, a, a place designed for her, but it's a personal relationship and a very personal welcome uh, from Jesus. Marge, I'm so glad to see you face to face. Just try to imagine what, what she experienced and what we have to look forward to. The older I get, um, the more time I try to Im imagine what it's going to be like what that instant will be like when, when I leave this life and I enter eternal life. It's beyond my scope of imagination, quite frankly. Uh, Henry Van Dyke wrote a, a poem called Gone From My Sight. and It describes uh, his view of death. I'm standing upon a seashore. A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the moving breeze and starts for the blue ocean. She's an object of beauty and strength. I stand and watch her until at length she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and the sky come to mingle with each other. And someone at my side says, there, she's gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight, that's all. She's just as large and mast and hull and spar as she was when she left my side. And she's just as able to bear her load of living freight to her destined port. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at the moment when someone here says, there, she's gone, 
There are other eyes watching her coming and other voices ready to take up the glad shout. Here she comes. And that is dying. Our perspective, Marge's perspective, God's perspective. When, when Marge breathed her last breath on January 2nd, about 2 in the morning, when her heart beat its last beat, when the last brain wave disappeared from the monitor, Marge woke up in heaven. She walked through heaven's gates. God's word says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What was it like? Here's how I picture it. I'm using my imagination. This is not anchored in a, in a particular memory verse. She didn't sneak in the side door. She didn't stroll unnoticed through the front gate. Marge made a grand entrance. Excuse me, my eyes are watering here. As word spread of her impending arrival, ripples of anticipation went through the gathering crowd of angels. Choirs assembled. Cheerleaders donned their uniforms and picked up their pom-poms. Everything was ready, and, and when Marge made her appearance, heaven broke loose in a great celebration. Music blared, crowds cheered their welcome, confetti rained down. Then as the crowds parted, Marge looked up, saw the smiling face of Jesus, and she collapsed into a warm embrace. That's my view. How do I know that happened? Peter described it in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11. He says, for in this way, the entrance to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Think about the little phrase, abundantly supplied to you. Our entrance to heaven is described with two words, supplied and abundantly. The verb supplied had a prefix with it, which amplifies it. So the meaning of it literally means supersized. A literal translation of this verse would read, For so richly shall be super added to you your entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That same phrase, an abundantly supplied entrance, was used uh, in the uh, ancient Greek time and Roman times uh, of a victorious Roman general coming into a city welcomed by singers and musicians who would join him in a glorious, joyful, victorious procession. That's what Marge enjoyed. And I'm not so sure about the cheerleaders and the pom-poms and the confetti. But I am confident that Marge's entrance into heaven was abundantly supersized. And the word that was popular when my kids were growing up, it was ginormous. The Bible tells us that there is great rejoicing in heaven whenever a person is added to the kingdom, rejoice, or re receives Jesus as Savior. Can you imagine how much more when that person who came to know Jesus now makes a personal entrance into the presence of the Savior. For Marge, entering her heavenly home, it was in every sense of the word a grand, grand entrance. But what was it about Marge that made all that possible? Why was she able to make such a grand entrance? Why was she so welcome, uh, warmly welcomed when she walked through those gates? If you talked to her, she would have been the first one to say, I don't deserve this. You know that, right? That's what she would say. She would probably just point you 
to John chapter 14 that we just read, where Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one goes into heaven, no one goes to the Father except by way of me. Marge had a, had a heavenly living hope that was anchored not in herself, not in how good she might be or all the good things she did, and we all know all the good things she did, but it was anchored in the hope that Jesus gave her because of how much he loved her and what he was willing to do on her behalf. Um, listen to the words in, in 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, that's a key word, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation, at the coming of Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. That's Marge. That living hope. He says, Peter says, that we were born again because of God's mercy. God's mercy. Mercy, what does mercy mean? It's, it's taking away a punishment, the guilt. It, it's mercy and grace are tied so much together. Mercy says no more punishment. Grace says not only am I taking away the punishment, I'm giving you something you don't deserve. I'm taking away your guilt. I'm taking away the sin. And God's word says in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned and fallen short of what God's glory is, what his expectations of us are. Not one of us deserves to go to heaven. We can't get rid of it. We can, we can be sorry for what we've done wrong. Is there anybody here who has never sinned? Uh, better not raise your hand. <laughs> that lightning bolt might come down. <laughs> and Marge was very aware of that. She was a good woman, but she was a sinner, just like you and me. And Romans 6.23 says the, the wages, what we deserve by that sin, the wages of sin is death. And death literally means separation. It's a separation, physical death, separation of my soul and spirit from my body. Spiritual death is eternal separation from God. He says what we deserve is both. Because of Adam's sin, we all die physically. But we also, because of our sin, then deserve to die spiritually. We can't get rid of the guilt. And that's where Jesus comes in. Isaiah prophesied it in chapter 53, verse uh, 6. He says, all of us are like sheep. You've seen the sheep parade. Have you ever seen the sheep parade where the sheep don't want to go the way the the people that are going. We were at the sheep parade a couple of years ago, and they were all coming, and all of a sudden, just a block before they got to us, they all turned left <laughs> and went their own way, and had, it was tough getting them back on course. That's how we are. We all go our own way. But it says that God has laid all of our guilt on him, talking about Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God. It's like, um, like Jesus said, 
this, this, suppose this were not a Bible, but so, suppose it were a list of all the things I've done wrong, all the things that I should have done that I didn't do, all the bad thoughts, it'd be a lot thicker than this book. <laughs> but it's, it's when God looks at me and sees this weight of sin, he says, I can't let you into heaven. Jesus said, here, let me take that from you. It says, God has laid on him all of my guilt, all of my sin. And when he died on that cross, the Bible says he became sin on our behalf. He took that punishment, that guilt from us so that if I'm trusting Jesus for what he did, God looks at me through the cross of Christ and sees me as guiltless and worthy of heaven, not because of me, but because of him, because of Jesus. That gave Marge hope, a living hope. Uh, Hope is different than dreams, right? Where there's a, it used to be a thing called Sunshine, a travel stop on the way to Parowan. Uh, remember that? It's been closed for years. Now they're re- rebuilding it and fixing it all up, and Joan and I are hoping there'll be an In-N-Out burger or a Chick-fil-A there. <laughs> but you know that hope is more of a, yeah, Costco? Well, okay. But that hope is more of a wish or a dream than it is rooted in reality, wouldn't you say? Hope is, is rooted in reality. Uh, let me ex- describe it like hope is a new pair of shoes, okay? Suppose I know that you're, you're barefoot because your shoes have all worn out. I know what size foot you have. I know what style shoe you would like. So I go on Amazon. I don't have to go to the store. I can do it online. Okay? I go to Amazon Prime, and I find the shoe that you want, fits perfectly for you, so I order it, I pay for it. And I call you and I say, guess what, I, you got a new pair of shoes, you don't deserve it, but I love you very much and I bought you some shoes. You don't need to pay me back, it's a free gift, just because I love you. It'll be li- delivered, I, I don't have a date yet. Well, you're barefoot and your feet are cold, and so every day you're out on a porch looking for this new pair of shoes to come from Amazon. Did you pay for the shoes? No, did you, you, you didn't pick them out. I picked them out for you. You didn't deserve it. You just got them because I love you. Are they your shoes? Well, yeah, they are. Do you have them yet? No, you're waiting for FedEx to come and drop them off on your porch. It's kind of like that. Jesus died on my behalf and on your behalf, on Marge's behalf, <clears throat> because he loved her so much. She didn't deserve it. But he, he did it on her behalf. And there's nothing she could do to earn it or to pay for it. It's already hers. But she's not experienced. Well, she is now. But as of January 1st, she hadn't experienced it yet. She was, it was like it was behind a curtain, yet ready to be revealed. January 2nd, 2 o'clock in the morning at Cedar Hospital, the curtains opened. And what was hope looking forward to expecting now became reality. And she experienced what she was waiting for. That's the living hope that you and I have as believers of Jesus Christ. If we're putting our faith in him and accepting the free gift of eternal life, the the last part of that verse in Romans where it says, the wages of sin is death. He says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's a gift that's offered to every one of us. Now, most of you here know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Maybe some of you don't. 
You don't want to wait until you breathe your last breath to make that decision because you don't know when that breath's going to be. It could be the next breath. So we need to be like Marge, experiencing that relationship with Jesus Christ, having that living hope, looking forward, expectantly as something that is real, that is already ours, but it hasn't been revealed to us yet. Peter says that that inheritance that we have, the new body we'll get someday, the new relationship with Jesus where we see him face to face, the new place we're going to be dwelling in that mansion Marge was talking about, those are reserved in heaven for us. That's what Peter said. And he says that it's guaranteed and we are protected by God by trusting him. And it's ready to be revealed at the right time. God's going to pull the curtains back for us. So where is Marge right now? She's in heaven. She's experiencing everything that we're hoping for. Uh, Don Wurtzen, a Christian songwriter, wrote a song called Finally Home. I love sharing this, the chorus of it. Just think about stepping on shore and finding it heaven. Uh, touching a hand and finding of God's, finding it God's, of breathing new air and finding it celestial, of waking up in glory and finding it home. That's what Marge is experiencing right now. Marge is finally home. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the joy we've had in, in knowing Marge. And thank you, Lord, for the faith that was so evident in her, so real, so vibrant. Lord, she, especially in the last few months as she struggled with, with the cancer, was living expectantly, looking forward to you receiving her. Thank you that that's reality for her. And Lord, I pray for us that you would uh, encourage us that you would give us peace and joy. And Lord, if, if, if we need to make things right with you, to, to trust in you and give you our lives, I pray that you would work in our hearts today to, that we would have that same assurance of eternal life, of that mansion, of that relationship, of that new body that Marge has. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. you ever looked at someone and there's just something different about them in their face? Uh, my friend Carol, we walked into the hospital room one day and looked at Marge and Carol said, oh my gosh, Marge, you look beautiful. And Marge goes, I am not. She kind of got mad at Carol. She called her later. But do you know what? Do you know what that beauty in her was? That was the Lord Jesus Christ. She carried that in her, and you is so evident.
there's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul. I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed the victory is won he is risen from the dead and I will rise when he calls my name no more sorrow
Marjorie West was born May 8th, 1944. Passed away peacefully after a courageous battle with cancer on January 2nd, 2024 at the age of 79. Marjorie was born in Carrington, North Dakota to Charles and Lillian Furman. She and Dan met at a drive-in where she worked as a car hop while she was in high school. Dan was in the Air Force. Dan and I talk, and he told me a lot of stories that I'm not going to share with you. <laughs> Marge told me that they grew up together. After they got married, they moved to California to start their life together. In 1991, they moved to St. George, Utah, and then uh, she worked there at a CPA firm for nine years until a final move brought them here to Cedar City. She enjoyed working at the Levitt Group for nearly 20 years, over 20 years, actually. And she, as you know, was a very active member here at Red Hills Southern Baptist Church for years. Marge loved traveling with her husband of 61 years. Here's a little side note that maybe you didn't know. Um, their anniversary was uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas, 61 years. And for weeks before that, Dan and I were talking, and Marge were talking, and they were praying that she would live until uh, their anniversary. And they celebrated their 61st anniversary a week before she died, and uh, spent the day reliving memories. And we'll share some of those memories today. She loved traveling, she loved reading, she loved playing games and meeting new people. She was preceded in death by her father and her mother, and her son, Dale. <clears throat> She's survived by her husband. Uh, I always call him Dan, but I guess, Dan, you were Danny, right? Danny West. Her daughter, Gail we uh, Gloria West, and her partner, Mary Murphy. A sister, Sharon, with her husband, Bill Lentz, and several nieces and nephews. I was trying to think of words. Uh, Joan and I were talking, trying to think of words to describe Marge. Uh, my vocabulary is not quite good enough to list them all, I think. Thoughtful was one of the first ones that came to our mind. Uh, when you were talking with her or in conversation with her, she was never looking over her shoulder at the clock or thinking of something else. She was focused on you. Uh, she was a really good listener, and she cared very much about people. She was kind, sensitive to others' needs, and always ready to help, never waiting to be asked. I think one of the ones that comes to my mind, too, is humble. Uh, she liked to work behind the scenes. Like I mentioned before, she wasn't comfortable up front, but she was always ready to help where needed. And uh, Dan told me she was extremely well organized. My wife is the same way, and I, I wouldn't survive without that. And I know Dan wouldn't have without that also. <clears throat> Something else that Dan shared with me is she was very comfortable with herself. Although she was quiet most of the time, um, and, and, and she was humble and, and somewhat reserved, she was not a pushover. She could give as well as she could take. She was passionate in ministry and serving. Um, you notice our beautiful bouquets of flowers here. Uh, <laughs> she was adamant, I don't want flowers. In, in lieu of flowers, please have people make a donation to Samaritan's Purse Shoebox Ministry. She was known throughout our community and all the churches here 
uh, as being so dedicated and, and passionately involved in that. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't done so, uh, to make a donation to Samaritan's Purse. You can actually, if you want to do it to Red Hills Southern Baptist Church and, and put down shoebox ministry, that's where it would go. But she, she was so passionate. That was when she would get up in front of the church and talk without fear. Uh, otherwise, she wouldn't get up in front. But she would get up and she would promote shoebox ministry. Now, here's something that may surprise some of you. Listen to some of these things. She, how, when you think of Marge, do you think of adventure? I always thought of her as very quiet and reserved. And you know, She wasn't naturally adventurous, but Dan is. And she was willing, from their first time, their first they got married, she was willing to go wherever he went and to do whatever he wanted to do. That led to some big adventures. This five-foot-tall, 98-pound woman, on their many, many over-country trips, drove their large, large motorhome. <laughs> they one time had a long... Dan, how long was your sailboat? How big was it? It was a big one. She learned how to, to sail in that sailboat. At one time, Dan had a powerboat. He would go powerboat racing. She didn't do the racing, but she, she captained that powerboat. She learned when they were building their steel garage, she learned to drive a big forklift so that she could lift the roof panels up to Dan as he was constructing that, that garage. She enjoyed road trips. And here's something that really might surprise you. Uh, Dan, Dan loved Harley-Davidson's. He owned a, a dealership for a while. And every year he got a brand new big Harley. And uh, the Harley she liked best was one that had a, a, a trunk on the back with the wraparound arms on it. She would get up on there behind Dan. She would be like in her little cocoon, put her arms around him, and, and they would take off and go cruising. And, and he said, sometimes I'd feel a bump on my back. That was Marge's helmet because she'd fallen asleep. Here's, here's the thing that surprised me. Dan told me that they are certified members of the One Million Mile Club of Harley Riders. They have documented a million miles of travel on Harley-Davidson motorcycles. Can you picture Marge doing that? Well, this will, this will really blow your mind. Dan also loved to fly. And over the years, he has owned several private planes so when they, they first got married, and over, you know, he, he uh, encouraged her to go flying with him. So that first flight, it was a, a white-knuckle flight, and she wouldn't look down. But after that, she got more and more comfortable. And early on, as they were flying together, Dan was thinking, he says, you know, Marge, if something happened to me while we're flying, uh, what would you do? And so he encouraged her and signed her up for uh, flying lessons. And she didn't go on and get her pilot's license, but she became a capable right-hand seat co-pilot. So she was capable and, and did oftentimes do the takeoffs and landings in that airplane, whatever plane they flew. I was amazed. I was really impressed, quite frankly. <laughs> and what they loved to do, they would oftentimes, uh, just instead of, instead of just cruising around in the air, they would plan their vacations as camping trips. And then we fly to remote places all over the U.S. and Canada and find areas that had just a grassy landing strip and land in these remote places and then camp out for a few days 
get in the plane and fly home again. Can you imagine what an adventuresome time it was? Together, they flew all over the U.S. doing their camping trips. One of their airplanes was, a, I think he said it was a six-seater, and they would take uh, the back four seats out so they had space, and they would, uh, they would go camping, and they would land in this place, and they would roll out their sleeping bags at night and sleep in the plane and instead of a tent. Great times together. That's some of the things that Dan and I have talked about and Marge and I talked about uh, as far as things that were memorable for them. I know that you all might have some special memories too. Like um, Anthony to come up and grab a mic. And if you would like to share some of your memories, we'd love to have you do that. Just uh, stand up if you want to talk. John Keith, one of our former pastors, called her Large Marge. I love that. She was not large in stature, as we all know, but she was large in character. She was such an amazing, wise woman. She, you never knew what, all the things that she did. She just did them quietly, got them taken care of. Um, she's the one that always sent cards out to the ladies who were missing from Sunday school or who didn't feel good or whatever, you'd always get a card from Marge. She never complained about all the things that she did. She never said things like, oh, I'm just tired of doing that, or I just, nobody will help me. I never heard that come out of her mouth, never. She was such a wise woman. She would come along beside me and help me study the Bible. She was well-versed, but she always had the best questions. And from those... I always learned a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, but her character was something I, I looked up to. She was someone that would come alongside me that I honored so much. And, you know, um, the, the past few times that Lori and I went and visited with her when she was so sick, there was not one iota of fear in that woman. She was ready to go home. What living faith. She showed her faith by how she lived, and she just never had, it was amazing to me. She didn't complain then, and I did ask her on one of Lori and I's visits with her. I said, Marge, do you have any regrets? She said, only one, that I didn't spend more time in the Word and more time with the Lord. She was a faithful prayer warrior, and she was always in the word, but she said that's the only thing that she regretted, that she didn't spend even more time. So, yes, she was somebody definitely that I patterned my life about around. So, anyway, that's my large Marge. I'll miss her terribly.
Okay. No. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay. Marge has all the qualities you've heard. I always admire that she never looked slovenly. She always dressed like a lady. And that doesn't make her better or worse, but it's, it's you know, Scripture tells us when the temple was arranged, people, God had people wearing certain clothes to exemplify how they should look and act in the church. And your clothing, and she always did. She was, was right there for God. But the one thing, and helping, day, helping, with, helping with the church finances was great. She was always quiet about that, but I can't do the things I used to do for the shoebox. And I asked her the last year before last, I said, I can't go shopping anymore. If I give you the money, she became my personal shopper. <laughs> Best personal shopper ever. So we got, the, we got more shoeboxes done that way. And I appreciate that so much in her. Marge. When um, my husband and I first moved to, I'll try to get through this, when we first moved to Cedar City and we were looking for a church, I started attending a Bible study at Calvary Chapel, and Marge was in the Bible study. And I knew her through that Bible study for a long time before we were connected here, and it was so comforting for me to, to then find out she attended this church as well. And so we connected through that, and we've been in prayer group for a number of years together. And I can testify when I would visit her at home before she, she passed, she did have that beauty. It just radiated from her. And she was so cute in her little baseball cap. And and smiling, and she was just totally at peace. Um, and she was saying, it, she was getting a little bored. She was ready to go. And I thought, okay, God's keeping her here for Dan and for the family. And then 
when it was time to go. She went. my turn to share about Marge. She was always so joyful. Like everybody's talking about, you could just, she radiated. She was, she literally was the light on the hill. And she, she would shine so bright. Whenever you're around her, you just felt encouraged. Like she didn't even have to say anything. And just her smile was enough. And her hugs, I, I mean, she was little, but she was strong. Like, she was strong. And hearing all of her adventures and everything, it's just, it, she was mind-blowing. And I remember um, seeing her, and, and we know the suffering that she had with uh, the cancer, and she never complained. She was always joyful. And she even, she had the youth come to her house to do yard work for her to raise money, and she was going to donate. And she was out there grabbing shovels. She was out there. And this is like late into her treatments. And, she, and I'm like, Marge, just tell me where it is. And she's like, oh, no, I have nothing to do. I am going to do this. Like, I love to do this. And like, she couldn't sit around. And she was ready to go back to work. I, w I had the privilege of helping Robert on their audition and Dan. Um, and I'd be like, where's Marge at? And They'd be like, oh, she couldn't sit around anymore. She had to go into to the Levitt group. And I'd be like, that is amazing. You know, just a testimony. And she would always say how God was giving her the strength and how he was so gracious. And she would turn it onto the Lord every single time. It'd be like, you look so amazing. Like, how are you doing? And she'd be like, God is good. God is so gracious. I, I haven't felt any pain I'm, I'm still able to eat, and then I saw her later, and it was when she was starting to lose her hair, and she was starting to wear the cap. I said, Marge, how are you doing today? And she said, she said, I'm doing good. God is so good. I, I'm still able to eat. I feel good. I, you know, my energy's a little bit down. I said, man, this is, I'm sorry, this is tough. Like, cancer just sucks. And she goes, you know, the one thing that I'm going to ask God is, why I have to lose my hair. I loved my hair. And she, she did. And she always looked so cute. And I always tell her, she would come in with her leather jacket, Marge, you look so cute today. But she was really upset. That was the one thing that she did not like about the cancer was she had to lose her hair and wear that cap. But she was such a joy. She is such a joy. imagine what it will be like 
when I walk by your side, I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only I can only imagine I can only imagine When that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do Is forever Forever worship you To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all, I can only imagine, yeah, I can only imagine. pray with me. Father, it's so powerful for us to think about what it would be like to be in your presence, and we are so, so thankful 
that Marge could describe that to us right now. It's just an amazing thing. God, we're, we're, we're so thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus. Uh, we thank you that um, she's with you now. And Lord, as we, um, as we say thank you to you, we thank you for her life. We know that all life comes from you. We thank you that we've been able to, to celebrate a little bit of, of the great blessing that Marge was for us. And we thank you for giving her to us for that time. And um, uh, God, I just uh, thank you as well for the hope that we have that there will be a time when we get to join her in heaven because of the great grace that you've given us through Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you so much for, uh, for Marge, for the hope that we have, for the, uh, the reality that uh, death has been conquered and that um, uh, when somebody passes, it's not a final thing. Uh, we thank you for all that, Lord, and we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And thank you for joining us and, and Marge's family as we have celebrated her life. And we can continue to do that downstairs. I would encourage you to come join us downstairs as we have a, a reception. We've got some refreshments down there, and it's always great to uh, get to talk to folks about uh, the blessing that Marge was and uh, the hope that we have. So thank you all for being here, and uh, God bless you all.
softly and tender that Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. This 
And 